It's episode 292 of Crack the Customer Code, and Adam just sold Jeannie some swampland in Florida. Jeannie, I have some land to sell you. Is it by the Brooklyn Bridge? Well, no, I'm in Florida. <laughs> I have some swampland to sell you. <laughs> even better, even better. Get your get your land swindling analogy straight, geez. <laughs> <laughs> well, our guest would certainly never do something like that because he's made his living from really just selling land, which is kind of amazing. Well, and teaching others how to invest in land and what's really cool and you know how Mark came to be on the Crack the Customer Code podcast because you would think, oh, well, what is, you know, somebody flips real estate, flips land. Uh, he has an incredible attitude towards customers. In fact, he says happy customers are guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That's quite a statement that we ask him about in our discussion. Um, but it's it's this is a fun one. It's a fun conversation. It's a little freewheeling. We go a little we go a few different places with Mark, and he is just uh, he's a happy guy himself, which makes it even better. We're all about the happy here, Jeannie. We are. We are. So I will happily introduce oh. you to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark J. Podolsky, also known as the Land Geek, is widely considered the country's most trusted and foremost authority on buying and selling raw, undeveloped land within the United States. He has been actively investing in real estate and raw land since 2001 and has completed over 5,000 unique transactions. Mark's company, Frontier Equity Properties, is an A-plus rated BB. Better Business Bureau, real estate company. Mark has achieved this level of success largely due to his core business philosophy, happy customers guaranteed. Mark is the host of one of the top rated podcasts in the investing category on iTunes, aptly titled The Best Passive Income Model and The Art of Passive Income. He is also the host of the Land Geek podcast, Work Smart, Earn More, Learn How. Mark, we are so happy to have you here with us today. How are you? Jeannie, Adam, I am thrilled to be here. My pulse is normal. My respiration's <laughs> fine. I am ready for this podcast. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to try to change both of those things. <laughs> not a bad way. Not in an unhealthy way. Just in a, like, it's a more exciting way. Well, the first thing... <laughs> I, you know, I love when people like put themselves out there. I'm, I, I tend to be very conservative in business and I love when people put themselves out there with like bold moves and bold statements. And you have one of the boldest, uh, you know, business philosophies I've seen, which is happy customers guaranteed. Now I've been doing, working with customers for uh, many decades now, and that is a bold statement. So how do you, <laughs> well, tell us about uh, a little bit about your industry background for you know our listeners, and then um, how do you guarantee happy customers? Sure, sure. So just kind of give you uh, a little bit about my, my backstory. Um, in 2000, I was a very unhappy, very miserable, overworked, overstressed investment banker. And I worked with private equity groups doing mergers and acquisitions, uh, mid-market stuff, you know, five to 500 million enterprise value, uh, nothing too crazy. And I had a 45 minute to commute and work and back. I was micromanaged, uh, long hours, high stress, no control. And it got so bad that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. 
I'd get the Friday blues, anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. Wow. So my my firm <laughs> hires this guy, and tell he tells me over a drink that he's going on, uh, you know, working like a little side hustle. He's going to these tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar, and he's flipping them, and he's making on average a three hundred percent return on his investment. And I'm looking at companies all day, and a great company, a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or higher. Uh, a great company. Your average company is 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. So I don't believe him. So I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. We go to this auction together in New Mexico. I buy up 10 half-acre parcels for $300 each. I just do exactly what he says to do. I put them up online. And they sell an average price of $1,200 each. It worked. So I, it's crazy. So I took all this money and I went to a, I'm from, I'm in living in Phoenix in Arizona and I go to a, another tax deed auction here. There's no one in the room. Again, it's the year's 2000. I buy up all this cheap property and over the next six months I sold all of it and I made over $90,000. So I go to my wife I'm like, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to invest in raw land full-time. And she says, absolutely not. So I said, okay. okay. <laughs> so, I, so I did it part-time until the land investing income exceeded the investment banking income. And that took about 18 months and I quit in 2001. And I've been doing it full-time ever since. And to answer the original question, well, how did I come up with happy customers guaranteed? Because in real estate, the old adage is it's not a matter of uh, if you're going to be sued, it's a matter of when. And I thought, well, what do I need to do to avoid being sued? And I thought, well, just make everybody happy. Someone's unhappy, <laughs> make them happy. So knock on whatever, uh, I have not been sued. And I really just live by that philosophy. Life's too short. And, um, you know, if, if I got a, a customer that I can't make happy, I give them their money back. I get them out of my life and I move nice. on. Wow. I, wow. We're going to put that on a pillow. Life's too short to get sued. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I mean, you know, it, it's true, it, though. It's, it really is. Like, what am I going to fight over? Right. No, I've, I've been I've been in these things coming from retail and they, they are absolutely draining and unprofitable. Even if you even if you don't lose a cent in anything to do with the suit, the opportunity cost of your time and your stress is huge. So it's a very it's a very smart philosophy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, you know, you're known far and wide as the land geek, <laughs> which is awesome, because you kind of promise geeky fun and passive income through this real estate that you outlined. And frankly, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that lends itself to a big audience. And yet you've certainly built one. And so, you know, how have you really done that? How have you connected with this amazing community? And are all of your followers doing the same exact thing as you. So are you kind of giving away the store <laughs> by teaching them everything? Yeah, it's so funny. You sound like my wife. She's like, <laughs> she's like, how, if you're going to start teaching all these people how to do what you do, you're going to create your own competition. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, let's, let's look at that. And so we just did a little bit of math. There's 3,007 U.S. counties. There's over like 20 billion acres of raw land. And so I'm like, look, there's no private equity groups doing this. There's no hedge funds. There's no big money. So you, me, a million other people could get into this niche. We're all going to run out of money before we run out of deal flow. And the, the fact of the matter is it's not sexy. It's a very geeky 
sort of little niche. And, you know, you're not going to go on HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land. It's just going to be <laughs> being on my computer. Right. So, you know, if you go to like a, what they call like a real estate meeting, mm-hmm. um, and all these different, you know, investors will all be house flippers or wholesalers. You and I would be the only land folks. So it's a very small sort of geeky niche. And yeah, it has grown, um, but not to the point where you would say, oh, it's it's saturated. And I, I've always promised my community, if I ever got to the point where, because uh, I, I send out offers, and if I ever got to the point where uh, a potential seller called me back, said, hey, Mark, I got your offer. I got three others just like it. And yours is the lowest. That's when we're going to start paring down Land Geek. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should you should have a slogan like uh, almost as sexy as trading commodities. It, you know what? It's not even that. <laughs> not even that. Like <laughs> one one step I mean, less. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would go to like a, a party. People like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm in real estate. Like I would. Like, <laughs> you know, my neighbors the longest time thought I was a drug dealer. Like, what is this guy doing working out of the house in his shorts? Oh, that's great. <laughs> I was like the Walter White of the neighborhood. <laughs> you were great. <laughs> well, you are in the Southwest. Well, I have a question uh, just because of the timeline you mentioned. I'm very interested. Yeah. How has this changed? Because if you started in the early 2000s, you went through the bubble and through the crash and you're still doing it. Uh, yeah. How has the landscape changed? Has it changed at all? Did you evolve over that time? I did evolve. So from 2001 till about 2008, all I did was flip, which is one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. I was, I, I didn't have a mentor. There wasn't like a me to help me. So I didn't know what the hell what I was doing. And I just flipped, flipped, flipped. And yeah, I made really good income to the point that I, <laughs> I created like Parkinson's law of money. So, you know, <laughs> Was my 3,000 square foot house good enough? No, we had to get a bigger house. <laughs> was my car that was running just fine good enough? No, I had to get a luxury car. Were the kids, you know, in public school, was that good enough? No, we had to go to private school. <laughs> you know, I have three kids, so we had to have a nanny. And of course, the nanny didn't clean the house. So, you know, then we had to have a house cleaner. And we're talking five <laughs> days a week. So it got like nuts, right? Like totally out of control. And so 2008 rolls along and I, you know, like, Things started slowing, but I really didn't get hit until 2010. And that's when we really had to pare down our lifestyle. Now, the company was so profitable, but I started doing uh, owner financing and started creating a passive income with the land sales. And so, you know, combine that with lowering my personal overhead. And then the goal became, you know, can we create enough passive income to exceed our fixed expenses? And it took about three years for that to happen. And now I'm totally free um, and I can kind of walk you through what I do. But I mean, essentially, that's what I do is I, I create like a car payment on these on these land notes. And that was that was the goal. And that continues to be the goal is to continue to build my land portfolio, my land uh, passive income stream. And did that come out of necessity because there just wasn't enough, weren't enough cash buyers or not enough people able to get financing uh, through traditional means? It, it came out of a conversation with a guy who's doing the exact same thing as me. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm doing 250000 a month in notes. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> and you know, I was doing well with cash, but this guy who started at the same time as me just created this huge note portfolio. And he's like, yeah, I wake up and it's just mailbox money. 
And like, well, how do you yeah. do that? He's like, well, I just, you know, it's a one-time sale. You get your money out on the down payment or within six months of the down. And then you create like a car payment, like let's say two forty nine to, you know, seven forty nine a month at nine percent interest. And you create that passive income every single month, but you don't have rent, you don't have renters, you don't have rehabs, renovations, or rodents. And then right. if they default, you still own the property. There's no cost for closure because you're just going to land contract. I'm like, son of a gun. Why didn't you tell me? This? <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, I mean. Head smack it, time, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's, so in 2010, I really started treating it like a business, creating systems, automation. Now we're 90% automated with software. And, uh, I, you know, life is really tremendous in that sense that I work two hours a week in frontier properties as a land investor. It's great. Mm-hmm. And do you have like a map in your office with a bunch of like thumbtacks of where all your land is? It would be cool to see, I would think. He just you said know, he's I, automated. I, yeah, I, mean, I used to have like all these maps all over my office, like plat maps and GIS maps. And uh, it got so unwieldy that yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I listened to the audiobook the uh, the magic of tidying up by Marie. Oh Kahn. yeah, and I'm like, do these maps spark joy? Like, I was gonna, gonna put pictures of my kids up, so I just did that. Oh nice. There is something about that book where, like, same thing. I listened to the audio version while I was listening to it. Like nothing sparked joy. I got rid of so much stuff, and then all of a sudden you're looking for something, and you're like, oh, that's right. It didn't spark joy at the moment. <laughs> it sparked it's joy, but I needed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, it's I, I went from like cool you know places. like all these clothes like five. Like yeah. five shirts. My <laughs> wife was not happy. I'm like, it didn't spark joy. <laughs> yes, my, my, de- my dental floss just never, never sparks joy, yet I still need to keep it. <laughs> so. There you go. <laughs> Adam, I'll be honest. I stopped flossing. Oh, boy. Whoa. <laughs> you are a bold guy, aren't you? You I, are. I, I, you know what, though? Like, Have you guys read the literature on that? I don't want to go too off topic. I, 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 heard, I, I heard a little bit about it, but go ahead. Yeah. Hit, hit it. No, unless hit us. You're it, unless you're doing it absolutely perfectly, like, you're the, like in the dentist chair, it doesn't have, it has a very minimal effect. So okay. now I've saved that extra minute in my life. And the exponential effect of that is it just created so much happiness. <laughs> and the dentists who are out there listening I know, are cringing as you're right talking. This will be the first time our nice little podcast on customer experience gets flamed. Yeah. <laughs> like all the dentists are going to pass it around. I love it. Well, I'm, you know, talking about the maps and everything like you, you have really automated a lot and you talk about how systems work 24 seven and that idea along with kind of automating everything, it seems in direct conflict with this idea of personalized customer experience that we talk about, but your viewpoint, if I'm understanding this right, is that they work together to create better experiences for everyone. So did I get that right? And can you tell us more about that idea? Yeah, it's such a struggle, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you want to automate as much as you can, and yet you want to keep, I mean, look, you know, a personal relationship and 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 handling and, and treating customers right does not scale. And so I automate as much of it as I can, but there comes a point in time, and I'll give you an example. I use a, a site called Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. And so what I've done is I've automated, let's say that somebody invests in my, uh, in my program, right? Or they buy a piece of raw land. And 
using Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com, it'll automatically send me an email or a text saying, hey, uh, Adam just invested in that raw land. Send him a personal bonjour. And so I'll take my smartphone out and I'll say, hey, Adam, uh, it's Mark Podolsky. Thanks so much for investing in our land and frontier properties. Uh, we're so honored to have you part of the community. You're going to be a VIP now. I'm going to send you, you know, additional properties every single week that you can take a look at. And I just want you to know I have a very simple business philosophy. Happy customers guaranteed. You've got an additional 90 days due diligence. Go out, look at the property. If for whatever reason you don't love it, I'm going to exchange it for property you do love or refund you. Can't get out there in 90 days? Then I have a 365-day exchange policy. I want you to be totally happy. Thanks again, Adam, for all your, you know, for your trust and and you know, I hope this is the start of a of a long-term relationship. And I send out that video and mm. it takes about 20 to 30 seconds and I see the feedback. I see if he opened it. I see he'll, he'll he might thank me. And so that just that little piece, yeah, it doesn't scale, but I've scale I've I've automated as much of it as I can, but then I've given that personal touch. And we do that with glue gifts, we do that with thank you notes. We do that as much as we can with the customer so that we do have those little unexpected, you know, touches. And we mm-hmm. want it to be unexpected. I'm not going to send Adam a birthday gift, right? Oh, right. yeah. That's expected. We've, we've talked about that one. Good good move. Yeah. So we want to do it when it's unexpected and give that little unexpected extra. Love it. Very nice. Uh, I just, one thing I really took away from that, Jeannie, is that I'm a VIP and that you're not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You know, we got it. We have to do one at least in every episode. So I'm just sad. And, and uh, the, reason, the reason Jeannie's not a VIP, I hate to say it, is because, you know, 85% of my customer base are men. Really? Oh, uh, we, yeah, interesting. Reason, women, women aren't as interested in the raw land. Actually, I would huh. love to unpack that a little. Do you have any theories about why you think that is? Um, I, I, I <laughs> any, any, any uh, theories you're willing to say forever on the internet? Yeah, yeah. I, I really think that uh, raw land does not is not a visual thing, right? Um, it's not necessarily a beautiful thing. Where women, I think, tend to be like more of the Pinterest. They want to see beauty. They want to engage emotionally with with like the house or um, you know art or something you know very beautiful. Where men will look at the land like, oh, I can go shoot my gun. I can ride my <laughs> ATV, right? Uh, I can go camping. Like they're like get back to the to the to the earth and the dirt. Like my wife, like the last thing she wants to do is camp. She's like, I'm indoorsy. <laughs> indoorsy. <laughs> oh, that's great. I have uh, a friend who always says that she's uh, got never going camping and never running a marathon on her bucket lists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the anti bucket list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, one thing is, in addition to the real estate, you have a very well-established podcast, and you've interviewed, I think, over 130 entrepreneurs about leadership. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had I have three podcasts, over 300 episodes, and I've interviewed tons and tons of people from all walks of life. Yes. So well, let's uh, talk about leaders for a second. What themes, what uh, traits, you know, common have you seen uh, from all your interviews that successful leaders have? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I think if I had to look at a common theme from them, it would be a vision. It would be a purpose larger than themselves. And not to get too woo-woo or too Brene Brownie on you, but v- a vulnerability to them where, 
you kind of get the sense like they're kind of putting it out there and it, it makes them very approachable in a way and relatable and and, and I, I think makes them a better leader. I I could not agree more that I totally agree with that. And in my work, we often refer to enlightened leaders and those are people who understand that they they don't know what they don't know <laughs> and they are willing to accept that sometimes they're not the smartest person in the room. Sometimes they are, um, you know, sometimes they have their own limitations and the ones who are aware of that, who have that insight, I think they're the best leaders because then everybody can relate to that. Everybody can really see that and having a vision as well. I mean, that's, that's a great way to sum it up. I think, you know what, you don't need to do any more interviews. We figured it out. So <laughs> we have it all. <laughs> it's that's, it. done. It's, that's, our, that's our drop the mic moment. And yeah, exactly. Boom. <laughs> well, Mark, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, man. Really cool. And, uh, you know, this is a, a unique episode for us, too, I think, topically. So we really appreciate you bringing some uh, different flavor to the customer code. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No problem. Adam Genie, it's been, it's been a real pleasure and honor. And, I hope I can come back and, and crack some more codes for you. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what we we're making a date. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark. Well, well, hold on. What we got to make sure people know how to find you. Though I don't think you're hard to find. Uh, just uh, share any links or contact information where you people can find out more about you and what you do. Yeah, I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com, and if they email support at thelandgeek.com and just send out. Uh, in the subject line, crack the customer code or CTC. We'll send them for free our $97 passive income launch kit. But if that's too much, then they can just go to thelandgeek.com and download for free our passive income blueprint, uh, get the ebook, How to Avoid the Three Fatal Land Buying Mistakes, and get our always engaging and informative podcast delivered straight to their email inbox. Perfect. Well, we will that- get all of that into the show notes. That's very generous. Thank you. Yes, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. No worries. Great. Well, keep buying up the land. And uh, (laughs) thanks for joining us today. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mark. Well, I'll tell you what. If he had Swampland to sell me, I would buy it. (laughs) He would never. And you definitely would. So. (laughs) (laughs) What a fun conversation that was. and, And what a joy he seems to be having over his life you know you can you can hear it you can hear how happy he is with with what he's doing and how successfully he's sharing this idea with people who are changing their their lives as well so it was really cool to get a chance to talk to him and i think there's a deeper lesson i'd like to pull out because you know i'm sure he's happy for many reasons and one of them though i i would say and this is the lesson for all of our crack the customer cody's I just made that up. <laughs> nice. Um, is that happy customers are less stressful. Mm-hmm. And we talked, we touched on that in the interview, you know, guaranteeing uh, customer happiness is truly just less stressful because when you don't, when you have uh, you know, unhappy customers, there, there's an ROI <laughs> uh, loss to that, right? There, there's a, mm-hmm. there, there's a certain amount of sort of stress that comes with it. There's an amount of time that comes with it, depending on the situation. We always talk about what's the, what's the opportunity cost of preventing an issue versus having to solve an issue or resolve an issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think uh, I'm sure that's only a part of why Mark comes across as such a happy guy, but I think it is uh, definitely a big part of it. 
Yeah, I agree. And I loved that he was basically like, hey, how about I don't get sued? What's the best way to do that? (laughs) That's such a simple formula, but holy cow, it works. (laughs) Exactly. Well, yeah, this was a really, really great discussion. And I I liked, like I said before, it's uh, it was a little unique for us. And I actually liked that. It was really nice. Mm -hmm. It was, it was. Well, we really appreciate you joining this discussion as well. So thank you so much for listening to crack the customer code. We are a proud member of the C-suite radio family. If you like C-Suite Radio, then check out C-Suite TV, in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs. It's all on demand, so get those insider secrets by going to csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our customer experience investigation consulting at 360connects.com. And I want to be Jimmy Walters, but I'm actually Adam <laughs> Tavorik. And you can learn more about me and our customer service workshops and training at customersetstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.